Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to the Um Yeah Sports. It is the Friday episode of the show, and we've got both baseball and football news to talk about today. I'm Reagan, joined by John, and let's get right down to business with our, well, at least my favorite MLB team at the moment. Mariners, my hometown team. They lost twice in a row to the Houston Astros in similar ways and embarrassing ways. What do you think that means for the rest of their season? Yeah, I think it kind of speaks to what's going to be happening for the rest of the season just because they had to play the Astros a few more times. At this point, the Astros can finish it up uh, tomorrow. They don't have to win that next game, and the Mariners cannot call back into it. But if they win it, then things get a little more interesting. Uh, obviously, the bats have been working quite well for the, the, the Mariners. However, at the same time, the, the Astros have been doing a tremendous job. Um, multiple home runs, multiple heartbreaks from those home runs, and that both times the home runs were hit by the same batter. So they really have just been struggling um, with pitching. That's been the, There's just a select amount of pitches each game you can point to and say that's where the turning point was. But if they're going to beat the Astros, they're going to have to – do it uh, tomorrow because the Astros are the rush shaking off a little bit. They're getting better. They're looking more sharp. The pitching has become better. All of it's pointing in the right direction for them. And ultimately if they won that first game, that'd have been huge just because that was the game when they had a six, I think it was like a six or five game break. They hadn't been batting at all. They they were just, they tried to simulate, you know, an in-game experience, but you can't do that. You got to actually play in order to experience. And you know that that's something that's talked about quite a bit, but now they're getting better and they're looking sharper. And now they're going to Seattle. They'll be playing in front of their home uh, home crowd. All that's great, but you're going to have to get Julio Rodriguez going. You can't have him basically hitless the entire game because Jose Altuve is insane and made a wonderful pa- uh, throw. Uh, and then you got to get home runs. You got to get things going. And then you got to be very careful uh, with how you pitch, how you pitch into these guys and hold a lead. You got to get a lead early and then hold that lead mm-hmm. because as the game progresses, the defense gets better. And when that happens, things really start to fizzle out. So ultimately it, it's a possibility that they, they win this next game, but I think the chances of it are going down, watching this team feel more comfortable within itself. Al- Jose Altuve is making more plays. They're not, the marriage are failing to hit into the gap. They're getting struck out a lot. The pitches look really good. And even the, the umpire is calling some questionable questionable uh strikes and balls so you know this game is you know you're in front of your home crowd you got back to the playoffs you beat the you swept the first series now you're playing one of the best teams in all the baseball one of the hottest teams in all the baseball and you know you have a chance to you know, prolong this series but say you do prolong it and you're able to get that win you're able to get an, a, a victory and you are able to and then you play another game at home uh, I think Monday, I, I can't, I think it's actually a, that Sunday. I think it's kind of back to back at that point. But you say you're able to do that. You're now going to get into a situation where all the rust that the Astros had, that advantage is gone. And you're going to be playing the actual, actual Astros that are hundred percent healthy, hundred percent in tune and hundred percent ready to absolutely destroy your, your club. So at that point, you're just kind of de- and delaying the inevitable. If you, if you're the Mariners and, I think those the two games are probably the most likely for them to win or at least make a strong effort. And I think they did that. I think they did a good job making that strong effort. But honestly, that 
that that Astros team is one of the best, one of the most talented, and has been for a lot of years. And doesn't it show signs of slowing down. Yep. I, I mean, you pitch one of the best p- performances. You're getting these these uh, pitchers for the Astros to get deep into uh, the amount of throws, the, the the pitch count, all the way up to the 90s uh, in the first few innings. So that's good. You're falling off the uh, the the pitches, and you're getting on the base. You're getting triples, you're getting doubles, you're getting home runs. You're doing everything you would expect. The only thing you're not doing is you're sacrificing a couple of pitches, and those are really costing you. In it really baseball. came down to Alvarez in both those games right. so far. And baseball, and in and, baseball, and pitching, pitching one pitch can destroy everything. Yeah, uh, because that one pitch could go over the go yard or anything like that. And also, now you're going to T-Mobile Park, and there's not a nine foot wall prohibiting a home run where you have to hit it pretty high. And so maybe that home run number increases. But regardless, it's going to be a great atmosphere in Seattle for the Mariners to come back for the first time in 21 years playing at home because they've not played at all at home during at all during this uh, playoff stretch. They went to Toronto, then went to uh, Houston, and now they're finally back. So winning that game would be huge. But even if they don't, I think that that crowd would be pretty obnoxious the entire night. And I'm personally really excited to see it because uh, being a fan of the Mariners, as you know, you will – I've, this is the first time seeing them yep. in, in yep. the playoffs, and after watching a lot of crappy Mariner baseball, it's great to yeah. see a little it's bit good of to see them good Mariner baseball. Yeah, and it's just fun to watch Julio fly around the bases. That's just a blast. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's switch over to the NFL and talk about Geno Smith. You told me earlier today that you think Geno Smith is the best kept secret in the NFL. Let's break that down. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways. The fact that he's doing everything that he's doing in Seattle and keeping them close in all of these games, and he has a hundred and thirteen point two passer rating and a seventy five point two percent completion rate uh, percentage, that leads the NFL in both through five weeks. So he's the most accurate quarterback in the NFL, making plays that you would expect Russell Wilson to make. That Tyler Lockett catch in the back of the end zone with to just drop beautifully in there right in front of two defenders. DK's running absolutely wild. His running backs are helping him out insanely. The The line's helping him out, making sure he's getting a clean jersey. You basically did everything necessary that Russell Wilson was begging you to do, and you wouldn't do it. But now since Geno Smith is doing it, you're doing it, and look how successful he is. Regardless, I think Geno Smith, no one knew about him. No one knew about his deep ball because he didn't do it when Russell Wilson was out. He was just kind of trying to be a game manager. And that's all, at least in my opinion, that's what I saw him as a game manager. He would come in there try to keep you in games, and work things out. Now what we're seeing is he can do a lot more than that. He can throw one of the most accurate balls in, in all of NFL. He's just been proving that, and I believe this this team can be really good. They're just going to have to work a little bit on defense because the Saints absolutely walked all over them at the end of the game. I don't think that's, a, I don't think that's an, um, an offensive issue. I think that's mostly just a defensive issue, so if they can work that out. But things are pointing in the right direction. I thought if they win that first game – or they lose that first game of the season a couple weeks ago. The season's pretty much over. But after watching what Geno Smith has been able to do through five weeks, first of all, how's it already five weeks through football? That's insane because it feels like the season just began. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's, it's, and also basketball season is like literally four days away at this point, five days away. So things are all starting in sports. But I think Geno Smith has been playing absolutely lights out football. And I th- their team is what three and two I think at this point after that loss to the uh, also so. lost that uh, that very close loss to the Saints, which honestly could have been a Seattle Seahawks victory if they just been able to hold it out late. And honestly, Taysom Hill destroyed him at the end of the game because he's 
the Swiss Army knife of football. I don't think you can put anyone else in that category. Maybe not tight end ability, but yeah, they're two and three. They lost again, thirty-nine to thirty-two. So they're they're kind of in the middle of the pack here. A lot of teams are two and three. Um, so they can definitely make some sort of run if they wanted to, some sort of uh, playoff appearance possibly with with good enough defense. And think about how good this team really could have been if Jamal Adams didn't get injured game one and be out for the rest of the season. That that ended up really yeah. hurting him. Um, but honestly, he's just been getting better and better and better. The accuracy, like I said, the deep ball has been insane. DK Metcalf's entire locket are being used, and they're not falling off at all and are getting the opportunities that are necessary. Rashard Penny's been running all over. The offensive line has made him clean and got him opportunities to get that 73% completion, which is really good. Now, you might not think 73 is great, but that's most of the time quarterbacks are just sitting on the ground. I mean, you saw the Bears versus the Washington Commanders, and that's the... That's the other teams that are that are sitting out there, and so I think it's 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 good for him to be able to do that. I think it's a positive for this for this um, Seattle team, and also his ability to run out of the pocket and get it on the move and and to make plays, all positives for this team. And I honestly think Seattle does not need to go to the draft next year and draft a quarterback to replace Geno Smith for the, for the near future, unless he like all of a sudden falls off and it's just facade for the beginning of the season which i highly doubt it is but if it is then you know maybe you can go in that direction i'll plenty of time to work that out but the only the only thing you would need to draft a, a backup for would be to uh to help out and and get get someone behind him because i don't know if i really trust drew lock to be that guy to, to back him up but hats off to Pete carroll um i think he's done a good job with what he's been given uh good draft choices when i first saw i didn't understand it thought they should have done a a, a quarterback uh and and at the beginning of the draft draft someone there i liked the running back picks and then i was kind of pissed because they were drafting offensive linemen when they really could have helped russell wilson out but they literally refused to now they're in a situation where it's working out just fine for them i still think the the point's still valid that any quarterback even your franchise quarterback would have loved that but you know and and even no fan, I've seen tons of him. He hasn't had a great fantasy number. I've seen him make a couple of good completions as well. So, like I said, I think he's probably the most well kept secret in all the NFL. Because I mean, if you asked anyone around the league, anyone that watches football, like takes a vested interest, it's not gonna be a casual fan that's gonna be able to know. But like, just like anyone that watches football on a week to week basis would be able to know that Geno Smith is on that radar and and see him, even though he's a little bit of a journeyman himself and he's been around the league quite a bit and to many many different franchises, most notably the Jets and has bounced around and now he's been kind of playing lights out football for Seattle. So right now it's a good time to be a Seattle fan. Manager in the playoffs, Seattle has a decent situation headed for itself now. It seems like Kenneth Walker, their rookie out of Michigan State, who played really, really well uh, at Michigan State, is now going to be their running back number one after Richard Penny, I believe, tore his ACL. He's out for the rest of the season. Uh, DJ Dallas also will be in that rotation. But like I said, I think uh, Keith Walker will be that guy. And you also saw a little bit of that when he ran all over uh, the Saints a little bit when he had that touchdown, which was the uh, longest of his, of his early NFL career. So that was also positive. So everything's kind of pointing in the right direction. But I mean, I don't know how you keep Geno Smith that big a secret. I mean, even when he came in, I figured you would have seen a little bit of flashes of something from him and the way he's been playing. But, hey, maybe you just need a little more coaching, a little more time, and then now he's uh, he's playing the way that he's been playing. And I don't think it's too early to say that he will have a good career in Seattle forever long that last because five weeks into the season to lead every other quarterback and the completions and, and, and uh, QB rating are not easy to do, and he's been able to do it and keep that up. So we'll see what happens next this 
wait, so it's Friday. So in a couple days when they play, who do they play this week? Oh, the Cardinals. So they play Kyler Murray, and I think they'll be able to win that game. But, yeah, it's been fun for uh, Geno Smith, and I'm excited that he's been able to do so well. Yeah, interesting because I didn't, like a lot of people didn't think that he'd be the guy. But, yeah, like you said, those stats are pretty pretty interesting. All right, let's hit sort of, I mean, it's sort of a fantasy thing, I guess. Najee Harris is going to be 100% back this week, and you're predicting that he's going to have a better turnout than he's been having. I know it's been kind of disappointing in the fantasy front. What do you think is going to be responsible for that boost? So basically the report came out that said he's been playing with a metal plate in his cleat uh, because he broke his foot, um, I, I guess, last season, and, and it now just is officially taking it out. So maybe that's the reason why he's been looking so rough when he's trying to get all the line of scrimmage and just been hit, being hit and just falling over and not being able to get things going, possibly. But I mean, if you're getting a metal plate out of your cleat, that's going to prohibit drag and allow you to you know run a little bit quicker and all that. I just think they're going to need productivity out of him. Um, I think if he's not able to do what he needs to do and start winning football games and start being able to run over teams and play at a high level, TJ Warren's going to take a lot more of the touches and he's going to fall fall back a little bit and he's going to have to try to figure out a way to get up again. And we know what he was able to do in his rookie season. He played really, really well. So maybe this 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 um this issue with his foot is, is causing him to be to fall off a little bit. And that would make more sense because when I drafted him in fantasy, I was expecting the same numbers that we got last season from him and not for him to absolutely fall off to this point where he's getting six points a game, which is not something you want from your starting running back. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I won't start him until he proves it, but... I mean, if he's able to get that removed and he's able to, you know, go again a little bit more aggressively and, you know, work through it. I mean, even Derrick Henry had that foot injury last season uh, during the playoffs, and we saw that he was legitimately a non-factor the entire time. So, and then he comes back this season and he's getting 30 points a game. It looks like the same old Derrick Henry. So maybe a similar thing will happen with with uh, Najee Harris. I went back and I picked him back up again before anyone else saw the news because I saw it uh, earlier today and I said I can't. I can't allow someone else to, to take him, and I would be very pissed if I dropped him and then he'd start doing well, but that's just fantasy football. Um, I know I did a post a little while ago that said TJ Warren's um, numbers are going to increase and his is going to go down a little bit just because he hasn't played well, but if he's able to turn over a new leaf and if this injury helps him out, he's starting to able to play really well again, then I expect his numbers to fully increase again and, and get to a situation where, he, where he's playing uh, – really, really well again. So I think with all that said, I think he's going to have a lot of success um, and, and start playing well again. I expect those numbers to increase because over over a season, it should not just immediately fall off to the point where you're not even close to the same type of player. So I thought something was up. And if that metal plate was the reason, then you know maybe we'll see Najee Harris getting 20, 30 points a game again, and I'll be excited that he's on my roster. So <laughs> I'd recommend picking him up if you haven't or if someone else dropped him, pick him up now because it's not too late. Yeah. All right. Before we wrap, let's talk the biggest game this weekend. What do you think is going to be the the best game? I know we had a really miserable Thursday night football game. Um, So is there something to look forward to this Sunday and Monday, maybe? Sunday, Monday, uh, sorry, Sunday, Monday, and Saturday is plenty to look forward to. You got multiple ranked ranked against ranked uh, games to start Thursday or Saturday. You get Penn State versus Michigan, number 10 against number five. Uh, which is going to be a good game. And then the game everyone's talking about is Alabama versus Tennessee, number three against number six. Mm, that's going to be a good game. Oklahoma against TCU, 13 against 18. Or sorry, 13 against eight. 
Uh, NC State versus Syracuse, 18 against 15 there. Um, and then there's a couple more. There's UC, USC versus Utah, 7 against 20, which, you know, it's still ranked against ranked. Maybe not the best ranked against ranked. And then you also got Mississippi State versus Kentucky, 22 against 16. And then you got some games that are just ranked playing unranked teams. But those are the games that are in the uh, in the uh, college world that I think you should be looking forward to because ranked against ranked is always fun. A lot is on the line when you're playing against a ranked opponent because you'll drop pretty hard if you lose yeah. it. So there's always that extra level of fight in there. And then for the NFL, I think the Cowboys versus the Eagles is going to be a lot of fun because obviously the Eagles are the last undefeated team in the NFL, and Dallas has been playing really well defensively and with Cooper Rush and possibly Dak Prescott coming back for his return. That He's questionable. Mm-hmm. So the Bills versus the Chiefs, that's going to be a ton of fun to watch because that's always a good rivalry game. Uh, always because the, the last few playoff games, like I said, they've always fought each other, and, and the Buffalo Bills have always taken the brunt of that those games. And then everything else is just – I think that a lot of people are excited about the Jets playing the Packers because they're both 3-2, and two, and the Giants just beat the Packers in London, and the, the Jets just came off a win against the Dolphins, and they're trying to see what the uh, what the, uh, the Jets are – what they're made of, and that would be a really fun game to watch because I'm excited to see if the Jets can – keep that winning streak going and yeah. beat, beat uh, Aaron Rodgers. And then, of course, you got the homecoming game of Mr. Joe Burrow coming back to Louisiana to play the Saints. So it would be the Bengals versus the Saints, and obviously Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow both played together at LSU, which is in Louisiana, so they're going back home for that. And then the last game that I'm excited about is the Ravens and the Giants because the Giants have been playing really, really well. Uh, Daniel Jones has been showing flashes of being really good. Saquon Barkley is now Saquon Barkley the first time in many years. Uh, the wide receiver room, that's the shaky part if you're the Giants. But defensively, they've been playing well. Like I said, they stopped uh, Aaron Rodgers and company. And then Ravens, obviously. are The Ravens, good defense. You've had them at Fantasy, and they've been dominating. Yeah, they have. Uh, and then Lamar Jackson's Lamar Jackson, always going to be the same, always going to be destructive, always going to be that running quarterback. And then even the running back core has been really strong, J.K. Dobbins, I think I'm saying that right, came back uh, just a couple weeks ago, and then they got a couple other guys that are just kind of sitting back there as well. Even though you don't really need a running back when you have Jamar uh, Jamar Jackson, who is pretty much your running back. But needless to say, those are the games that I'm kind of looking forward to. And then this Monday night game, I'm sure so everyone's just looking forward to this, is the Broncos and the Chargers because, you know, the Broncos have made that wonderful performance against the uh, Colts last Thursday. But I think this game is going to be different. I think... Obviously, one of the rumors, or one of the, not the rumors, one of the things that came out is that uh, Russell Wilson's been dealing with a, um, has been dealing with a shoulder injury. So he, that's one of the reasons that he's not been playing the best. I think eventually this team's going to come into its own. I've said that a lot. I think that a lot of people are jumping off on Russell Wilson a little too quickly and calling him a bust and, and all of that. But I do believe that I have a good chance. So I think he was able to keep this game closer, even win this game then I think he's pointing himself in the right direction. A lot of people would just say that might be an anomaly or a situation where he just was able to pull off a win. But I do believe that this team can be one of the best if they just start winning games. And this is a good way to start against an AFC opponent, against the Chargers, Monday Night Football, primetime game. Make primetime games fun again because Thursday night has been awful. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Bears literally getting absolutely destroyed uh, by – well, not destroyed might be a little bit of a strong word just because the Bears – I watched it. I decided not to talk about it just because there's literally nothing to talk about. It was, it was <laughs> the wide receivers couldn't catch if you're the Bears. Yeah. Justin, uh, Justin Fields 
overthrowing guys. No, it was an absolutely it horrible, just, horrible Thursday night game. I didn't even watch it because <laughs> I didn't want to watch it. And then I gave, went back and watched it again to see what went wrong. Everything went wrong on both sides of the ball. It was just, I mean, literally the best part of that game was watching the running backs sometimes pull off a big run. That was the best part yep. about it. Hopefully Thursday becomes better. I mean, what's the week seven matchup? I'm curious because I, I hope it's better. It's the Cardinals versus the Saints. So that's not terrible, that's I guess. okay. And then the following week, oh, the following week, it's, it's a blast. It's the Eagles versus the Texans. Let's go. That should be competitive. Well, we're looking forward to Sunday, at least. Uh, <laughs> Sunday's always fun. Probably the Cowboys-Eagles game is going to be the top of my list to watch this Sunday. Yeah, Sunday night football. So everyone yep. will be able to see it. All right. This has been a good episode. Yeah. We'll talk again on Monday. See you. God bless.